Hello and welcome to the Practical Leadership Podcast, where I interview great leaders and try to extract their wisdom and their experience for you to learn from and hopefully avoid making their mistakes. If you want to upgrade your leadership skills in 25 minutes, check out practical-leadership.academy. Doug Brown, thank you very much for joining me. My pleasure. Would you introduce yourself, please? So yeah, I'm uh, Doug Brown. I'm Chief Executive of the British Society for Immunology. And uh, I've got a, a quite a mixed background, both in terms of working as a researcher many, many years ago. And now I was in academia as a molecular biologist and immunologist, but then left academia and joined the medical research charity sector and then four years ago came over to the British Society for Immunology in my first CEO role. How do you link being a molecular biologist with that science background, that research background to strategy, leadership? What's the red thread? It's a very good question and I guess when I was going through school and at university I would never have guessed I'd end up in this position. I was from a very young age actually really inspired by science and what science can do particularly to improve um, human health and it was uh, the AIDS uh, pandemic that was happening back in the late 80s early 90s that really caught me as a, a young preteen, and uh, and I thought well actually science can create new knowledge and can actually crack these things they can find cures ways to prevent all of these diseases and it was that scientific passion that took me through school and into university into my first job as um, first couple of jobs as a researcher but then while I was in the science I realized that actually maybe my my skills my interests lay a little bit more in bigger picture rather than focusing on a specific scientific question actually I'm more interested in a particular field so so taking that broader approach so opened my eyes to see what was out there I think I've been very lucky very fortunate to be working in some amazing organizations learning from lots of people and so it's kind of bringing those two things together that I've seen um, in this role at the British Society for Immunology which is uh, thoroughly enjoyable. In your career then what was the point where you first had to manage people? So first time I managed was when I was a researcher, but more informally supervising master's students and PhD students. Uh, but first formal management role was when I came out, out of academia into the Multiple Sclerosis Society as a biomedical research manager. And um, and that was to, to support the charity and funding biomedical research out there in academia to uh, find new treatments and, and new ways of 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 supporting people affected by MS. And I was in a, in a, a, a directorate of a, a research directorate, and I um, had a couple of direct reports when I first moved in. And I must admit, I felt it was quite early on in my career. It's about 15 years ago now. And it was really daunting when I first went into this role where this management was formalized within a formal charity organization structure. I felt you know, I was having to learn new things for the first time and and take on really big tasks like making recruitment decisions, which was very new to me. So um, it was yeah quite a steep learning curve. 
and learned a lot and um, and had to get comfortable as we do as managers in managing people who are more expert than you in a particular area, which in academia, that wasn't the case. I was always training somebody up either with their research, with their knowledge, and I was more expert than those individuals. But in a charitable organisation where you're, you're manager of different functions within a directorate, it took me into a very new space and, and as I say, was quite a steep learning curve for me. Do you know, I'd never thought about that because I suppose naturally the academic world, you are the, well, put it another way, you're the smartest person in the room, right? You, if you are the, you're at the peak of the peak, you're the one who's been there longest, researched most, knows everything about it, and the people under you in the, hier- in the hierarchy are less so. Mm-hmm. Whereas in every other organisation, it's not just not, not just your, your your charity sector. There, the whole goal of management is leverage. Mm-hmm. You're trying to you're trying to surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It it kind of turns things on its head. So it, it does seem to be a quite a powerful transition you have to make from one mindset to another. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, and I have nothing against academia. I'd love it to bits and work with lots of academics. But that concept of of wanting to needing to surround yourself with really smart people, people who are smarter than you in their functional area as a leader is is really fantastic and really inspiring. It takes getting used to and was challenging for me early on, particularly thinking, well, now, am I good enough to be a manager if this person's better than me and they're more junior than me? Um, but it, it took some time. But actually, that's what makes amazing teams, what makes amazing organisations, and and particularly in the charity sector, enables us to deliver some really amazing change for the world. So something that was really tricky for me early on in my career is something that, that I absolutely rely on now um, as a leader at the British Society for Immunology. So if you had to go back earlier on in your career, what advice would you have given somebody in a similar position now? Well, I guess the advice I get, I mean, first of all, a big congratulations to anybody listening who is at the beginning of their management journey. It, management is one of the most rewarding things I feel I've done professionally. And um, it can be challenging, but it's absolutely incredible. So congratulations for 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 starting that journey into management and from experience and I've never been a perfect manager I would never um, uh, say that I am a perfect manager nobody is perfect but uh, I do find that there are a few ingredients of success that um, have have really helped me over the years And, and a lot of this is based on experience and getting things wrong actually um but the best I lessons find... the best lessons yeah the exactly most expensive ones so you've got you've got ingredients you want to bake a management cake this is what i want i want to hear this come on here we go so yes what's in this management cake so on my kitchen side at the moment is a big pot of being consistent and if you can to your direct reports and to your teams to your directorates organizations be consistent and um, and and allow them to, to an extent, expect um, uh, things from you and to have those expectations met, 
that will be really good. It provides that psychological safety to your team. Not It doesn't make you boring, doesn't make you dull. Actually, that consistency in leadership is something that, that teams really, really thrive on is what I found. Um, be an enabler. You know, really empower your team. Don't take things away. Don't hold things to yourself. Really hand that over and allow them to learn. Allow them to make their own mistakes with your support. And also support your team's professional development as well. And um, that in itself, for me personally, has been incredibly rewarding. You know, you don't want good members of your team to leave, but they will. And they'll move on to other organizations. They'll get promotions. And the best way you can say goodbye to somebody is knowing that you've supported their professional development through courses or through on the job work. They've thrived in that and they are are using that learning to be able to go to their next position. So credibly rewarding, keeps the good people and gets the very best out of people. I guess if that's the cake okay. and we're thinking about the icing, I'd, I'd I'm suggest... Loving, I'm loving this analogy. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> well, you started it, Paul, but I'm happy to run with it. <laughs> keep going, the, keep going. Uh, the icing for me is is to look after yourself as well, because it can sometimes be a lonely time as a manager. It depends what organisation you're in. It can be a really tough, really challenging time, and you can be feel quite vulnerable at times too. So I would recommend building a support network around you of other managers at a similar level, possibly in your organization, if you're fortunate to be in a bigger organization or externally or through mentorship as well, that 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 really looking after yourself and having a sounding board, a place, safe place that you can go to to just discuss some of those challenging things or even celebrate some of the successes will be really, really helpful. Um, and I think the cherry on the icing on the cake is keep telling yourself that you deserve to be in that role. I really struggled um, early on, and it still creeps in now around imposter syndrome in different scenarios. They do, it does creep in for many, many people, but remind yourself that you've been chosen to take on that role, probably uh, alongside a, a long list of other candidates. And you've got people around you, your level, below you, uh, above you, that want you to succeed. So absolutely keep telling yourself you deserve to be in this role and you'll give yourself the best shot to make a, a success of it. So overall, I mean, just don't stress, be compassionate, listen, make every opportunity you experience a learning moment. And I can guarantee you, you'll have a long management career ahead of you um, that you'll enjoy and plenty of time to refine your style. The most rewarding thing you've done professionally. That's it. That's that's good. The management is the most rewarding thing you've done professionally. You've baked a management cake with icing and a cherry on top of self-actualization and the denial of the imposter. How fantastic. Ah. Well, if you have to then, let's say I bake this cake in the oven and I whip it out. Um, and I wake you up one morning and say, cake time. Doug, cake time. Which one are you? Do you want the molecular biologist cake or the CEO cake? Which one are you? CEO cake, please. CEO cake, right. Is that where you've got to? Is that who you now are? Is that who you always were, just waiting to become? I, I'd i say it's where, I've, where I have got to, but thankful to the opportunity that people have given me to allow me to explore this and make me realise I really enjoy it. 
and given me the opportunities to develop in it. So yeah, it's definitely who I've grown into, thanks to many, many people during the course of my career. Do you know, I was thinking that the other day, actually, that practically, not even practically, absolutely every professional opportunity I've ever had is because somebody said, you. I mean, yes, of course, I work hard and I'm fortunate. I don't think I'm lucky. I think I'm fortunate. You know, you make your luck. Mm. There's a degree of a coin toss, but you make your luck. But it's because mm. somebody else, you've, you've found these mentors, these sponsors, and these coaches to, to help you drive yourself forward or to drive you forward. Yeah, I couldn't agree Take more. your backside. Martin, get off your backside, you lazy side. <laughs> no, I heard that a lot, you know. What what in that list, in that cake baking process then, would you say is the most, could, could you turn into something practical? Give me a practical how-to. Practical how-to. So I probably, for me, and if slash when I'm mentoring people, I'd always be looking to turn the uncomfortable into the comfortable. And yeah, to explain that, I would say, in a nutshell, don't shy away from those things that seem really difficult to address or tackle. You know, think of your comfort zone outside of your comfort zone. Don't 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 avoid going outside of your comfort zone it might be a people issue it might be a professional development opportunity that you've got it might be an opportunity to raise your profile externally in a a meeting or in a in a situation it might be take trying to take your team with you in deliveries delivering an ambitious vision that you've got my advice is don't shy away from that there will always be things that appear challenging or out of your skill set, but you really should have faith in yourself that you can probably do it anyway, but also that you'll be able to take yourself on that journey to learn and continually improve what you do. You don't have to get everything perfectly right every single time. Arguably, I've never got anything perfectly right, but always looking to continually improve and from experience beautiful things happen when you step out of your comfort zone i've seen it myself i've seen it in other people um it's about tackling those those things head on and to an extent taking calculated risks as well so so i guess my advice is if if you have an opportunity and an issue you're facing or there's something that will stretch you that is there in your grasp and it gives you that sicky feeling in your stomach don't see that sicky feeling as a sign of weakness or incompetence i'd say take that sicky feeling embrace it try to understand where it's coming from draw on your networks that i mentioned earlier perhaps have a mentor and explore it with your mentor you'll probably feel like running away Right. And you'll come up with a million and one excuses, possibly to try and avoid it. Um, But from my experience, the best thing you can do is face it head on. And as I say, aim to turn the uncomfortable into the uh, comfortable. There's no better way to learn. There's no way better way to develop and to turn yourself in the very best into the very best professional that you can be. That is magnificent advice, I think how to step outside your comfort zone because there's no better way to learn 
And I mean, I, I genuinely believe that there is a benevolent universe out there that actually shines its light upon us when we do stuff like this. Because you know you're going out there and you're going, oh my good Lord almighty, what on earth am I doing? And just as a reward for you giving it a go, you get something back. And whether that's a slap in the face, that's a reminder that you don't know enough yet and you have to learn, and this is the learning process now, or success, either mm. way, you've got something good out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rarely slash never will it be a negative experience, either immediately or on reflection. Mm. And it's always, as I said, I've benefited from it hugely wasn't easy at the beginning now i i thrive and i look for those opportunities but i see others around me that either my my peers or my managers or even uh people i've managed before that have done it and and it really it really is lovely to see and and it always has a positive effect on on the individual so totally recommend it there's a a navy seal in the US that writes some books. Well, he writes kid books that my son likes, uh, Jocko Wilnick, and he says that when you get a no or a negative or whatever it is, something you don't get what you want, your response, your instinctive response, has to be good. I didn't get the promotion. Good. That means I have time to get better. I didn't. I didn't. This didn't go well. Good. That means I can learn how to make it what happen next time. Mm-hmm. Something wasn't right. Good. And then you find out what was good about it. Tell yourself good, because the fact that you've said good primes you to look and find that good in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And sometimes in the in the moment, you can feel absolutely terrible and awful. And that's okay too. As long as, you know, whether it's 10 minutes, 10 hours or 10 days, you're able to come out the other side and look back on that experience and learn from it and then aim to turn that into a positive for you so you know don't beat yourself up if you've given that presentation and it absolutely bombed and you're feeling awful about it give it 10 hours give it 10 days you'll look back on it and there will be more positives from it than negatives i can guarantee it that's a lovely way of looking at it so in terms of mistakes events things that helped you to learn was there one that stands out one paul it's difficult to choose one loads of mistakes and only and way ab- to travel. It's the only way to travel. Absolutely. But it means you're taking risks and it means you're trying things out. Sometimes they're just, you know, by accident. But again, it's a learning moment. So I guess one that stands out for me was in a, a previous role where I was uh, on executive team. And it was uh, a very, very busy time for uh, for the executive team. The organization was going through lots of change. Time was really tight. And I needed to deprioritize some things on my to-do list and 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 what I was spending my time doing. And um, one of the things I deprioritized were actually some face-to-face catch-ups with my directorate at the time. And I thought I was quite early in my career as a director. I thought they were a nice to have. And when I'd done them in the past, sometimes I wasn't getting a huge amount of feedback from people around the table, even body language wise, and didn't get that, that someone coming, oh, Doug, that was great, pat on the back. And not that I was expecting it, but I thought because I wasn't getting anything active back, actually, maybe just for a couple of months, these can go on the back burner. And that's what I did. I cancelled a couple of my monthly ones. And um, very rapidly, particularly after the second one was cancelled, 
number of people came to me from the team individually, not as a collective, individually, that um, and told me that these catch-ups were really valuable. And in fact, for a couple of them, the highlight of their month, which was amazing to hear. Even if you're not getting the cheering and the clapping and the whooping from your directorate as you're giving them the corporate update every month, actually to hear back from them that this was a highlight from some of them and others saying it was really valued was mm-hmm. was lovely to hear. But then I felt awful because it's like, oh my God, I've you know cancelled these directorate catch-ups and, and people must think I'm an awful leader. So obviously really rapidly got them back in, made an apology and didn't ever cancel them again. So I guess my learning from this is um, don't forget how much your team appreciates your leadership, even if they don't tell you that very regularly and it's incredibly incredibly important for a leader at whatever level of you know manager up to director up to ceo that that your presence your accessibility the time you spend with your team incredibly motivating incredibly inspiring even if you're not getting that active feedback at the time when you're doing it so i've i've never done that again and um and I'm hoping I'm reaping the rewards from it because that seems to be going pretty well, being accessible to my um, organisation and uh, and having that open door policy, whatever that is in a virtual world these days. Yeah. Office hours blockable on your calendar. That's what that is. There Absolutely. Mm. No, I, I, I'm completely with you on the one-to-one. The one-to-one is the moment in time that you can drive your organization forward because you, you can't do it. You've only got a limited number of levers. You've set one strategic priority, budget. What's that all about? It's people. It's how do you drive people mm. forward? How do you make sure they're going in the right direction? What would you like to thank young Doug for doing well? Good question. Um, I, I, I mean, from a non-work perspective, helping create an amazing family. Love my family. They bring a lot of joy to my world. Um, from a professional perspective, it probably is what I was speaking to earlier, which is um, putting yourself out of your comfort zone. So, you know, thank you, young Doug, for taking those risks early on in in my career because it, it really did put me on a an accelerated steep learning curve that was uncomfortable at times it was really stressful and difficult at times but overall hugely rewarding and to use your word being fortunate not lucky it's it has brought fortune my way and i've as i said before been very lucky to be surrounded by very supportive people and amazing people that i've learned a lot from but i feel young doug did a really good job in in not just sticking to the comfort zone and allowed me to develop very, very quickly and be very fortunate to end up where I am today because the British Society of Immunology, a fantastic organisation, wonderful mission, and we have such an excellent team, high-performing team that uh, I have the privilege of working with. And that wouldn't have been possible if young Doug hadn't put me out of my comfort zone. Lastly, as we wrap up, how can people find you? I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, and uh, and I'm on the British Society for Immunology 
organization website as well. We do have a couple of vacancies coming up in the pipeline. So if you're interested, have a look and have a look at our value and behavior framework as well. And if the job seems right for you and the values and behaviors inspire you, then I'd love to see an application from you. So please do get in touch if you have any questions or or, or want to explore anything that I've said during this podcast. Doug Brown, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you for joining me today. Your homework, subscribe and share this with a friend or colleague. Please leave your five-star review and any comments you have, because that really helps me to improve every day, and it helps people to discover me online. If you want to upgrade your leadership skills in 25 minutes, you should check out practical-leadership.academy.